What's going on, everybody? Daryl Freighter, the club CEO here, and we have another amazing episode of the My DJ Story podcast brought to you by the club app, the number one live streaming app for DJs and partygoers. Today, we have my brother, DJ Matt Perry. Brother, can you please introduce yourself to the people who you are and where you're from? What's up, everybody? My name is DJ Matt Perry. I'm from a little small state called Maine. Uh, there's a town called Portland that you might know of. I'm from an even smaller town than that called North Yarmouth. Um, but most people don't even know about Maine or Portland. So, so, so why, why go there? I, I'm, I'm just a small town DJ and, you know, I love, I love creating big energy and, and really livening up events. And I've just had such a blast being a part of the DJ community and I, I, everybody I've met, honestly, honestly, every DJ I've met has been awesome. And I just feel so lucky to to be here with you, Daryl. Thank you so much for having me. Wow, brother. Super excited to have you here, man. Great intro. And we appreciate you being here on the My TJ Story podcast. So we want to hear your story as a DJ and, and talk about your journey. So bring us to the beginning, you know, what sparked your interest to become a DJ and walk us through your journey leading to where you are today. If, if we go way back, I was recording on tape decks. Uh, I was trying to record Enter Sandman, I think, for like I think I had like seven tape decks full of like partial records of Enter Sandman. I would record it off the radio and I was I was making little mixtapes back then, um, mostly just, you know, playing them for myself <laughs> when I was a little kid. And looking back, that that really was the introduction to DJing, even though there wasn't anybody else there. It was really about catching the, the right songs. You know, I didn't do any like vocal breaks or anything like that. I didn't, I didn't know how to plug in a microphone. Um, I was, I was very primitive with it. And then way later after playing guitar and trumpet and, and being really big into music, I kind of fell back into production and DJing when I was like 15, 16, 17. And at that point in my life, when went all the way for it, 100% picked up a little two channel DJ mixer, tractor control S2. I don't even think I had, I didn't have a laptop at that point, actually. I was just bringing my desktop computer around with me whenever I was lucky enough to get booked anywhere. And I, I put myself on at first. Um, obviously, nobody's going to book you in the beginning when you don't have, you know, any, any experience. So I, I threw some shows at my high school and had a great time doing that. Was able to link up with a couple other DJ crews in Maine that helped take me to the next level and teach me a little bit about beat matching, um, harmonic mixing, and just just choosing the right songs for the crowd. You know, some of the, the really the basic important stuff, rather than getting into the flashy cutting and um, all the turntable tricks, I really was learning about choosing the right songs for the crowd. And I think, to me at least, that's the, num that's the number one most important thing of DJing is selecting the right music r rather than all the fancy tricks. So I, I was kind of lucky that those guys put me on then. And then I went on to play a bunch of dead clubs. You know, I actually, I think three or four clubs that I had residencies at at first are gone now. Those clubs are just, they've evaporated for one reason or another. So it, it was, it was really unsuccessful for me in the beginning. You know, I had tons of, Tons of failures, tons of dead dance floors. I played a lot of the wrong music. You know, I messed up the transitions. I did everything wrong you could possibly imagine. 
you know, I'm, I'm still here. I think I was with a smile and a good attitude get, gets you a long ways. And so, somewhere along the, the journey, um, I, I really realized that DJing could not just, just be a, a cover act, but it could also be about you joining bands and playing with bands live on stage as a DJ, cutting in sound effects, cutting in um, different drum breaks, maybe cutting in vocal samples. Um, so to me, DJing went from first being like a song selector type thing, and then it became a whole instrument, just like a guitar or just like a piano or a trumpet. And in, in that place, I've, I've found, I think, some of my favorite DJing, where I get to work with drummers and bass players and singers and you know, I'll cut in, I'll cut in little like wind chime effects or bird sound effects with this, uh, the soul R and B singer that I'm working with. And another, um, project I use, um, vocal samples and vocal effects and do stuff like that. So there's, there's a lot of ways to be a DJ in, in today's world. And I think I've, I've gone through a, a big gamut of, of different, you know, avenues. So I have a lot of fun doing it and, you know, I, I especially love just getting to be behind the decks, playing some music and, and seeing everybody dance. Nice, man. I'm really excited that you really touched on the ups and the downs that you had in your journey. And it seems like you've been finding your niche and finding where you fit in and where you can thrive and succeed. And that's also really great uh, for you to kind of go through that journey and find your place to where you're seeing success and are now thriving. I really appreciate you being so open and transparent because it's not easy. You know, when you first get into something, it's not right out the gate, you become a superstar DJ. It's something that you need to build on, improve your skill set and build on top of that brand that you're building you know, to really reach that success that you're looking to see. So I'm super excited to be hearing your story and I want to hear more of it. But what we're going to do, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to talk more about your story and about some of the learning lessons that you got throughout this journey. Okay. Rock on. And we're back with the My DJ Story podcast. We're here my brother, DJ Matt Perry, and he's been telling an exciting story about his journey as a DJ. So brother, you talked about some of the ups and downs of being a DJ, you know, Help me understand some of the things that you did to get you out of those down periods where you're able to learn from the failures and use it to help you get the success that you're now getting, being more experienced as you're DJing. When I first started DJing, I was convinced that I was up there DJing because I had great music taste, right? And that was holding me back in a lot of ways because the people ultimately are dictating the taste, right? And you need to be able to listen to the people in the club or the event you're doing or whatever. They're, you know, you're only one pair of ears in that room, right? And and oftentimes as a creative, as a DJ, as a producer, whatever, you know, as a musician, maybe your ears might like the more complex things your ears might really enjoy those like weird off kilter cuts, at least mine do. And so I was in the beginning, I was really trying to give the best version of me to everybody. And that was, I think a little bit too ego focused and maybe I was younger and I didn't understand as much that it was about me providing a service less about, again, less about my taste, 
ironically, even though they are selecting you as a tastemaker, right? When they hire you at clubs, it's less about your taste and more about your ability to listen to the crowd. And when the crowd shifts, right? Because the early crowd, you know, the early crowd who comes in the early night before it's midnight, they might, they might not be as into the fresh new cuts, right? And then later after midnight, when all the young people come out, because they don't, they don't want to show up early, <laughs> you know, those are some of the people who like the fresher, younger cuts. So I think that that was the biggest thing was just learning that my ears were only two ears in the room. And there's maybe a thousand other people in there. So if if you have that many, your 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 opinion is very small in that, you know, and trying to read the demographic of the room and caring less about transitions. You know, I know people in the beginning, I really cared about getting from song A to song B smoothly. Now, if the song starts to die in energy, I'll just do a quick transition to a hotter record. You know, I, I care less about the transitions and more just about choosing the right songs and keeping the energy going. That's great insight, man. And I love the way you framed it. It's not really about what you want. It's really about providing a service to people. When you have that service mentality, when you are focusing on how do you add value to the people on the other end, that's when you really see success. And you'll see it in so many different ways that you're able to grow a brand and a business for yourself. So I think that you really figure out the key and the essence of becoming a good DJ and not just doing uh, what you think sounds best. Um, by really having that um, empathy for the crowd, you're able to feel what they're feeling and you'll be able to choose the right song selection and really be able to cater to their needs. And that's why they book you. That's why they choose you as the master of the mixes, the master of the music. So that way you can serve the audience and also they can have a wonderful time, you know, while listening to you. So I think that you really figure out the formula to good events. And I'm sure that anyone that books you to be at their club is going to be super excited to have you. You know, one thing you also highlighted was the fact that the crowd is not going to be the cr same crowd even at the same event based on the time of the event and based on the you know the duration of the event the, the crowd's going to shift so you got to be mindful it's an ongoing moving thing when you're reading the crowd and you have to find those techniques that's going to help you better read the crowd so you can have better song selection and really set the vibe and the mood that's going to make the party and the event the best event possible tell me a little bit about some of the techniques that you use to increase your ability to read the crowd properly I, I hate to say the word stereotype because it, it is so, you know, there, there's so much hate in this world and that, that, that's not where I'm going with this. I, I do think though, it's important to, 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 to be able to understand demographics, right. And knowing that, you know, the, the, the group of bachelorettes that just walked in, right. Or the bachelorette party that just walked in the, at least as of right, they're probably going to want some nineties throwbacks, man. You know, they like they, they might want some of the fresh new hip hop stuff, too. But it is sometimes important to to be able to to stereotype people and 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 understand, you know, if you have a bunch of older folks walk in. Right. I, it's it's a stereo to demographic. They're they're older. The stereotype is probably correct that they're going to connect more with music they grew up with, you know. So I think learning to 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 see people in a demographic without without any of the, any of the negative judgment just just seeing them for for the kind of energy they have maybe if if they walk in and they they wear a bunch of fresh clothes you see how 
crew of people walking in and they're all dressed just the cleanest clothes you've ever seen. Like, you know what I mean? The Nikes are brand new. The white tee is fresh. I, I doubt those guys are going to like the older music. You know what I mean? They, they, they probably want some of the fresher stuff. And also just being able to experiment and, and being, being willing to be wrong is so important. I still make wrong choices, you know, even, even with a plethora of experience and, and, and having the, the fortune to work, you know, hundreds of times at the same place, I, I still make the wrong choices, even when I think I'm demographing people, right. And then I'll just change the song. You know what I mean? Just being, being okay with like, well, sure. I, I started this song. We've only played it for 45 seconds, but nobody's dancing. So maybe let me, let me try something else. You know, I, I think there's, there's a lot in there for people to be able to, to, find the demographics of the people in the audience by their age, their gender, and, and, and using that to, to play things that they're going to, they're going to connect with. And again, just remembering that you're only one person in the audience and not everybody in the audience will identify the same way you do. They might, they might identify a totally different way. So no, notice how people are moving to what songs make them move and, and just keep focusing on that stuff. And I think you'll find a lot of success there. Wow. No, that's really great advice. I think that it's pretty much a guessing game in the beginning where you're using the demographics, like you explained, as your best guess in the beginning. But your job as a DJ is to then, after you start playing the music, you're watching how they respond and using those responses to really dictate where you take the set after that. So I think you really hit the nail on the head on just how you go about experimenting with the crowd to really give them that experience where you're able to learn from each change of the song on how you can take the song choice selection to that next stage that's going to really get them moving and get the party to be hype and amazing just as you intended. So I think you really figure out the psychology of how to mix and really move the crowd in the ways you want to based on your experience of experimenting with the audience. And you cannot have fear because if you have fear, you're not going to take the risk that you may be able to have a unique experience. Sure, everyone can play the bangers. They can play the top 40. They can play the songs that they know are going to hit. But if you take the risk, you might just take the risk to get you to have an amazing experience that no one has ever had before. And if you don't take those risks, you're just going to be another DJ. So I really like the way you go about it. And it comes with your experience being in the game for some time and just your confidence as a DJ that I really like, man. You're really giving a lot of value in this interview. And I really appreciate DJs that can come on here and give value to teach other DJs how they go about thinking about this journey as a DJ and how your story can help and connect other DJs and help them as they're trying to make it in this industry. You know, what are some things that you think has led to your success as a DJ? You know, what are some things that has brought you along the way that doesn't seem too intuitive but maybe some things that were something that you didn't expect to help you along your journey. Uh, just to give some DJs some insight on some of the things you've done to take you to the stage. I, I think it's really important for people to have multiple skill sets because all the DJs who I know who are, who are just DJs and, and they don't, have like a supporting skill or or they're not building a, a supporting business or something they have a really hard time getting gigs um it's it's like like you were saying daryl you know it's like you have to find a way to to experiment and be a little different 
And I, I just, I feel like if, if the, the, the DJs can build a skill that's, that's parallel or um, adjacent to the DJ skill, for instance, for me, it was, it was sound engineering and music production, right? So while I was, I was DJing on, in the nights, you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, DJing, during the week, I'm sound engineering at a recording studio and doing music production. And so those things directly help me with DJing. They help me learn, you know, what, again, what types of drum sounds people are responding well to, what types of mixes is, does the mix need more bass? Does the mix need more high end, more mid range? Um, having those adjacent skills. And if you're not a sound engineer, I would highly recommend becoming at least a, a adequate sound engineer because when you show up to a venue, you're, you're tasked with that anyways. Whether or not you feel qualified, you're going to be the one running the speakers. And if you do something stupid, you could actually, you could blow someone's sound system, you know? So the sound engineering is, for me, it was harder to swallow at first because I felt like it wasn't as artistic. And I, it almost felt like I was kind of selling out on my DJ dream by becoming a sound engineer. And now I look at it and I'm so thankful that I went down that path because it was like, it was sort of like putting another stabilizing beam on. It just, it helped create more stability. And then the DJing taught me so much about music production. I learned so much about drum patterns and arranging records, you know, transitioning between parts. All of that would be great. I mean, if you're a graphic designer, let's say you're sick of graphic design, like that's an amazing adjacent skill to have as a DJ. Let's say you're someone like Daryl, who's amazing at running a business, starting something that helps other DJs. Like what an incredible way to grow your DJ career. As weird as it seems, I think the tip is kind of to, to find another skill and develop that alongside and it also will help you build multiple revenue streams, which is all the rage right now. So, Wow, man. This is great, brother. I think that you really hit the nail on the head by learning. And I like how you said adjacent skills really is key to diversifying your talents and being able to add value to the people you're serving through your business, your DJ business. Um, and these adjacent skills can range. And the beauty of it that it could be anything that you want it to be, especially things that you're good at and you have natural talent that you can just build within it and allow it to help and assist your DJ career. And there's just so many things, so many skills that people can have and just leverage it to just make yourself even better. And that's what stands out about you and your brand as a DJ. Uh, I would love to hear, you know, where do you stand with your branding? Your name is DJ Matt Perry, which is your name as well. Uh, but what do people get when they book you and how does that brand around your name, you know, what does it mean to you and, and, and what do people get when they book you? Well, I'll, I'll let you in on a secret. My name used to be BC, right? That was my name, BC. And, you know, people loved it. It was more spiritual. It had more connection to me. It meant like there was what you were being and there was what you were seeing. It's like the two sides of duality. I think it was, you know, during my early 20s, I think a lot of people go through spiritual awakenings and it was really, the spirit was really important to me. I really wanted to find a way to like bring attention to duality and, and to spirituality. However, the, you can imagine the branding of BC. 
how like you wouldn't even know what to type in right now right there's a million ways to spell it it sounds like two letters um also it doesn't inherently say anything about being a dj um it could be before christ it could be you know what i mean it could be boston college um so i changed to dj matt perry because it was an identity that i knew that was going to stick around and as i built my dj business i wouldn't have to leave another name behind people will still call me bc on the streets of portland sometimes uh people who, who, who were maybe there way long ago but dj matt perry the the brand i think is a little bit more um i don't want to say professional that's such a terrible word um the, the dj matt perry brand is just more focused i think that's a better word it's more focused that way you know exactly dj matt perry what does he do he's a dj right you 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 know what you're getting on top of that it was something that maybe i will change my name later um create something more clever but at least this one won't leave won't leave me behind so dj matt perry to me represents like a really reliable brand you know i i'm the type of dj who would like i would show up and fill in for someone else who bailed right the club owners would call me up and be like matt are you available and you know um i would come through so i have i think a really reliable brand identity i always show up to my gigs early make sure i'm prepared also i i really love just making people feel good i remember when i would play more aggressive music um especially at the end of the night because you know what I mean? Who, who doesn't love a good remix of Bodak Yellow, right? Like that song would crush it in the clubs. Um, however, people would start to fight sometimes at the clubs I was playing at, like the bouncer, you know, the bouncers don't mind. Sometimes they like fighting, but I, I think the music I was playing was not as feel good. And with the DJ Matt Perry brand, it's more like I'm putting my own personal identity on the line kind of. And so I feel like the brand is a little more vulnerable and um, it's just, it, fe it feels more like positive feel good music. And yeah, I just, I, I, I really am, am working on to, I think developing like other, other brands. Um, and the DJ Matt Perry one is sort of, it's it's interesting it's it's hard to it's hard to, to put a finger right on exactly what makes it different um but i love being reliable and showing up and and doing a great job and having a smile on my face and all those things are really important to me wow no i think you did a really great job explaining it and quick secret for me i trust djs a lot when i know their full their real name um sometimes i don't get their real name and i'm like what do you have to hide? Like I, I ask, like, what's their real name? And they won't tell me. So I got to be a little bit more reserved because you don't want to share your real name. But by you using your real name as your DJ name, that's open and transparent. And you're going to get you. You're going to get the real Matt Perry because that is everything you're standing by, you're, who you are as a person. Um, so I personally have no issues or I actually enjoy seeing DJs that use their phone, their real name and are representing their brand because it's very genuine and it, and it works. So I think you're doing a really great job and it speaks to, you know, your professionalism and your transparency and just your ability to be real. Um, and I really like it. So great job with what you're doing, man. 
I'm getting a lot of value out of this interview, and I'm sure our audience is as well. Um, do you have any pieces of advice for DJs out there that are looking to take their DJ career to the next level? You know, what are some things they should be focused on right now um, in this time as we're kind of transitioning back into in-person events, you know, as things are looking um, forward with this pandemic situation? You know, what are some things DJs should be focused on right now? I, you know, ironically, I think some of the most important things are timeliness, right? And, and professionalism especially in the creative field, guys and girls, there's, I know tons of acts who will show up and immediately go to the bar and get drinks, or um, maybe they'll show up late and then they'll leave and go get drinks. You know what I mean? Even worse. So like really knowing that you're there to do a job as fun as it is, right? I, especially as a young DJ, I know how it feels. I know how it feels. You want to go in there. You feel so awesome. You're getting paid right? To DJ. How, what a cool feeling, you know, what an amazing thing. Just take it so seriously. Take, remember, take yourself seriously. When, when you're in there, remember everybody else in the club is getting lit, but you can't get lit. You know what I mean? You have to be on, on the ball. So, you know, I spent my whole early twenties watching all my friends get lit at the club and I never did, but I was so focused on my craft I didn't, I didn't, I didn't necessarily realize that just that consistent, just showing up all the time. I wasn't the best DJ. You know what I mean? I know other people who can, who can cut better than me, but I, I never bailed, right? I showed up week after week. I would fill in for people when there were opportunities. I think being willing to say yes, especially to potentially unpaid gigs in the beginning. Um, I am a big advocate for artists getting paid, but in the beginning, especially if you're working at it, you know, being okay with, with taking less money, maybe even, Hey, here's a great idea, right? Go, go to a club, offer to pay them to DJ, see what happens. I know that's, I know that sounds crazy, but if you're looking for a way in the club owner is not going to trust you, maybe say, Hey, look, man, let me DJ for, for one hour a night. I'll give you 50 bucks, right? Or two hours. And you, you give them 50 bucks that you have no the amount you would learn from that could be so tremendous and then suddenly you're getting booked for thousand dollar gigs now you know that 50 bucks seems like nothing so and i think uh one thing that's that's been so helpful for me and i should i should mention this is the mentorship um i had uh dj thunder who's a, a dj in in maine i was lucky enough to become friends with he's you know he's a, he's a couple generations older than me and he I could just text him and ask him about gear and stuff. And so if you can find someone who's, who's willing to be cool with you, who's, who's a DJ, that would help so, so, so much. Just having some, just someone you can message, you know what I mean? Someone you can ask about simple little things like, Hey dude, you know, what, what do you think about doing this type of transition? Like, is it whack? Can I play salsa and then dubstep back to back? Does that make sense? You know, you, I think if you can find, a mentor and again maybe you offer them 50 bucks to sit down and have a coffee and it might be really worth it as as a younger as a younger artist um i wish i had less ego i wish i i had less of my own self-interest in mind and i was more interested in in helping other other djs and businesses grow by by offering them some some cash for their time you know so i know not everybody has money to offer but if you if you can paying for a mentor would be amazing if you can't pay for a mentor 
you can pay to get into a club. I mean, it, it guys, exposure really is real and, and getting experience really is real. I know they say don't pay to play, but sometimes it's, it's worth it, especially if you're looking for an opportunity and I'll, I'll let you guys in on one other tip here, right? The early leader, right? Listen to this carefully. The early leader wins. So if you are a young, younger cat right now, you need to put in quadruple as much work as you think you need to, because if you can get one or two steps ahead of your competition and the people around you, you're going to have a much, much better career. And it's, again, you want to help people too along the way, because they're, again, the the community is going to help you out. But if you, if you are young, especially if you're, if you're under 20 or if you're, if you're in your twenties or even if you're, I mean, anywhere in your career, if you're starting off, if you can quadruple the amount of energy input you put in, it, it will start to make sense. But if you stay at this halfway in halfway out place, you're never going to get anywhere. You really need to commit and go all the way in. Wow, man. I want to applaud you. You are dropping gems on this podcast, man. I'm sure people will listen to this over and over again to really take notes on the value propositions that you have dropped on this game of DJing. So thank you so much, man. At this time, we're going to drop into the lightning round. Are you ready? I'm ready. Awesome. Describe your DJ setup, hardware and software. Right now, I'm, I'm lucky enough to have a Tractor Control S8. It's one of the, it's, it's a, it's a four channel mixer, but it has the, the floppable decks. Right. Um, and I also have on the side of it, I have one of the rain MK two twelve digital turntables so I can do some cutting and I'm running the, the tractor software. And I also occasionally will run logic in the background and a little beat sampler and just trigger like, you know, what, I, whatever you really need to, you need. maybe I'll use a MIDI keyboard or something and I'll like play some bass lines or something. Um, but yeah, tractor, tractor pro tractor scratch pro is a software I'm running. And then the tractor control S eight, as well as the rain MK two. Who's your favorite DJ? You know, right now I would have to say DJ pain one. He's my, he's also my, one of my current mentors. Um, he's from, Wisconsin. Oh man, I'm gonna fuck it up. I don't. I, I'm. You know, let's just let's just forget where he's from. But DJ Payne One, he's been teaching me how to produce music for the past three years. Um, he's been my production mentor. He's also a DJ and has like a a similar style career that I do, where he came up being a producer and a DJ. And his just the humbleness he brings to the game. He's a multi. He's a multi platinum, multi multi record, multi platinum producer. And he's, I've never heard him brag one time in the three years I've been working with him. Like he's so humble. He's always complimenting me. I'm clearly not shit compared to DJ Payne one, but so yeah, I would have to shout out DJ Payne one. What has been your favorite party or event you've DJ at and what made it special? You know, I got to do the, um, the Joe Biden campaign recently. And I was, that was one of the ones where I was DJing playing sound effects. I wasn't actually just like a traditional DJ playing records. I was working with a band and it was just, it felt so amazing to, you know, we, we donated our time for free. Um, and having a movement like that, where, you know, I'm, I'm not big on politics, but definitely 
you know, have, have certain, certain views. And it, it felt amazing to just be like helping create a new administration, helping create, you know, new, new life and, and new jobs. And it was, it was really cool. Valerie Jarrett, who's actually, um, Michelle Obama and, um, Obama's like sort of their, their mentor, we opened for her. So we played right before her speaking and she was like, wow, that was so great. So that was, it was really cool. Name some of the best places to party in your city. Oasis Portland is one of the few remaining nightclubs. Um, there used to be so many more. It's so sad. So many of the clubs have closed down, man. Flask Lounge. Flask Lounge. Oasis Portland. Oh, man. I mean, the Brunswick and Old Orchard Beach, that place is hot, too. What's one thing that you think is missing from live streaming for DJs? I think the audience interaction. You know, I have... I, I've been doing some live streaming, too, and the one thing I really miss is, like, I want to I wanna have the real-time reaction from the audience. So if if there was a, a screen, like, I, I can see the, the, the comments going crazy in the background but if with the streaming i think just we, we need more feedback from the audience really that's the that's the key thing is like just more and more feedback that way we, we can feed off the energy we can add energy to to the audience so maybe like if they could tune in via video and put their faces like dance in the video that would be cool um there's a lot there's a lot of potential there i'm really excited for the future of streaming and shout out to DJs that you know personally, whose stories also need to be shared on this podcast. So DJ Thunder, he is like ridiculously awesome. He he would be a great guy to have on. He has a huge experience. He's played at some of the some of the bigger clubs that used to be like nationally renowned clubs here at the Metropolis. He had a residency there when they were open before the FBI raided them and shut them down. Um, also DJ Payne One. He's like, he's like a producer DJ though. So he does DJ events, but he's kind of got the, the producer DJ approach, which I love that. Awesome. Yeah. Look forward to hearing their stories one day on the show and any DJ wants to be on the show can sign up at djsignup.com. Brother, where can people find you online or even in person? If you're still doing events. Right now, my tags are basically at DJ Matt Perry everywhere you look. For live events, th this year, I, I actually transitioned into doing a lot more private stuff. Um, sometimes the, the, the clubs in Maine are, you know, they're, they're working on figuring out how to pay DJs better. So we'll, we'll just say that, um, I am this Friday at Oasis. I don't, I know this probably isn't going to air necessarily today, but, um, I DJ at Oasis occasionally. That's sort of like my, my residency spot. So if you're in Portland, go to Oasis, you might find me there. Also, I sound engineer with this band called Sugarbox and Sugarbox plays around, uh, Maine and New Hampshire, all the time and so they're a killer party band wherever they're at is just going to be it's going to be lit so if you if you can find me at oasis portland or you can find me with the sugar box band awesome brother hey this has been an amazing interview so many gems have been dropped by my brother dj matt perry he knows a lot about djing so if you're listening please take notes and rewatch this episode um, because he has really gave the gems and tools for your success so thank you so much brother for spending time with us today and we look forward to seeing you in the club daryl thank you so much i love what you're doing I, I i wish that there was more i could do to help um please let me know if there is 
but I'll continue to enjoy the app. I need to go on and do some, do some more live streams too. And yeah, thank you so much, man. Thank you for listening to the My DJ Story podcast. If you haven't already, please join our community by downloading the club app for free in the Google Play and App Store today. While you're there, do us a huge favor by giving us a five-star rating and shoot us a message on Instagram telling us you did. I'd love to send you a free My DJ Story podcast t-shirt as a token of our appreciation. Thank you so much and we'll look forward to seeing you in the club.